You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. This is Elliot Kalaoka. We got episode 17 coming to you, where we've got our uh, guest here, Nate Last, who is the owner and creator of Mental Mental Grit, excuse me, Consulting, where he works on the mental side of things. Nate, how we doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Thanks for taking the time. We're excited to have you here. Absolutely. Yeah, good deal. So let's hear a little bit about yourself and your your background and uh, how we've gotten to this point here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name's my name's Nate Last. I uh, I got my my master's degree a, a, you know about five years ago, four years ago now. Heck, um, it, it, in the uh, in the in the psychosocial aspects of sport. Uh, what the heck does that mean? Um, it's pretty much sports psychology. It's the study of of optimal performance in in sport performance specifically. And, uh, you know, I got, got into all of that through a, a love of, of lacrosse personally, um, you know, when I was in uh, my, my university days and uh, found out, you know, through, through all my experience within sport and within participation, I was a, a lacrosse player, I was a golfer, I uh, did ballroom dance and even motocross um, when I was a kid. And I always felt like I had the, the physical game down, like I, I knew the strategy, I knew technique, I, I understood and was able to develop strength, um, but I didn't understand what separated, you know, the best of the best of the, you know, people I played with from myself, um, because I always felt like I was, uh, you know, just not there, I wasn't, I wasn't up to their level, I didn't, I didn't have their kind of game, I, I was so affected by, you know, things like, uh, you know, um, swings of, of the game you know if, if if the other team would go up I would get angry and and upset and mad and I didn't control myself and this that and the other and you know so there was a lot of things that kind of led into this this you know I you know there's there's got to be something else to the game um and which is you know kind of led into me going into performance psychology and learning a little bit more about it in my master's program and uh with all the stuff that I learned there I was just shocked um by how impactful and how important the mental side is and fact that uh, there, there's a lot of applied things that you can do about it uh, to really optimize all that physical potential that you have and uh, you know so that's that's what kind of led me led me to where I am today now now getting involved in endurance sports and uh, in endurance athletes uh, like I was saying before I, you know I didn't really have an endurance background to be honest with you I started getting into triathlon and an Ironman uh, you know triathlons uh, just just two years ago and uh, just because of the fact that I, I had endurance athletes that I was working with, but I didn't know how the heck to help them, you know. 
and that was it was it sucked it was like man i don't know what to, what you guys you guys are crazy i mean you're going 118 <laughs> miles on a bike and then you're gonna get off and you're gonna go for a 26.2 mile ride like what in the heck and and to and to think that you know an athlete can be you know in a mindset of, of performance that entire time rather than kind of falling into that that survival mode which is is a place that i found myself uh in quite a bit in the beginning you know just 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 understanding that yeah I, you know the human body and the human as an individual can can really they can really take a lot of brunt they can they, they can go a long freaking way and you can survive all of that um, but then I started thinking about, well, what about performance? What about those elite athletes? What can, what, what do they need to do in order to really perform up to their, you know, full potential? And, and you know, so I got 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 into it a little bit further and, and wanted to get that experiential learning and understand it from the from from the athlete's point of view, uh, which is kind of what led me into you know specialization in endurance sports and you know an Ironman finish this last year and and heck now I just I just want to bring what i've learned from the perspective of a mental skills you know professional uh and a sports psychology consultant uh that's had actual experience in uh, in in you know triathlon in performance and and bring that kind of perspective to help athletes develop and, and understand what the mental game is and what they can do to train it um from from beginners to advanced to even elite elite triathletes uh, and it's been just a fun, fun journey, to say the least. But, uh, I mean, heck, that's a, a five-minute spiel on who I am and where I came from, I guess. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's good. Um, and that's actually one question. So are you primarily working with just endurance athletes? Do you have other athletes you work with? Or what's your deal there? So most of my adult athletes that I'm working with are, are all endurance athletes, whether it be you know swim, bike, run, or the combination of the three and triathlon. Uh, the, the running, you know, side of things, you know, working with, you know, marathoners, ultra marathoners, uh, and even down to, you know, down to the 5k and, and 10k kind of, uh, events with specifically the high school students. Um, so I'm working primarily with endurance sports when it comes to adults. And then with kids, I'm across the board, um, just teaching them the basics, the fundamentals of mental skills training and what they can do at that, uh, at that, you know, competitive developmental level. Uh, to uh, help them really perform up to their full potential at, uh, at the high school, you know, stage of life. Yeah, awesome. And I should uh, let everybody know, so uh, I got an email from Nate, uh, what, probably a couple months ago now, and I reached right back out to him, was definitely interested in what he had to offer, so uh, I've done a couple sessions with him, so uh, uh, I'm a little bit ahead, or a little bit more understanding than what Elliot has um, experienced with him at this point, but uh, um you know, I, I definitely consider myself to be pretty strong mentally and have a lot of that stuff down. But uh, even in the couple of sessions that uh, Nate and I have done together, it's it's opened my eyes. And uh, you know, uh, but I'm going to put Elliot on the spot here, and I'm not even sure I remember the answer correctly. But I know Nate asked me at the beginning is uh, how much. Obviously, it's not fact, but uh, what percentage of triathlon, you know, do you think uh, mental, you know, the mental side of things comes in percentage-wise, you know, in relation to your swim bike run skills and stuff like that. What do you think, Elliot? I mean, I think it's a huge part. And I mean, I just, I remember my early days in triathlon and how much I struggled with the mental game. And I didn't believe I was going to ever be on the podium or just be in there. And I, I think what the turning point for me primarily is, I mean, I trained the exact same, but it was just believing that I could do something, believing that I could qualify for Hawaii one day. And just, 
I mean, truly believing in myself that I could do something. I mean, I didn't have a sports psychologist or anything, but I think that is the number one thing that's holding people back is just, I mean, so much of it is in your, in your head. I mean, I'm no sports psychologist, so I mean, Nate probably has better explanation towards this, but I mean, it, it truly is. I mean, just believing in yourself, that is the reason why I've been just getting better but I, I really want to I'm actually really interested in talking to you after this Nate because just as far as just fine-tuning my my mental game because I know that needs work and I kind of feel like I've kind of plateaued as an athlete and I I really feel like I I can go a little farther so I mean I think the mental game is huge isn't that the driver behind a, I mean, I mean, heck, I even talked about it in the beginning here. It's just like, there's gotta be something more like what else is there? You yeah. know what I mean? And, and people say the mental game all the time. And, and I mean, maybe that's something that we could start talking about really quick. Let's get some tangibility to what this is. Um, when, when it comes to the mental game, you're right. I mean, it does have something to do with about believing in yourself and just that simple self-efficacy and just your ability to and believe in accomplishing what you want. Um, but if we were to put some tangible, you know, skill sets here, just like it would be in, in swimming, you know, being able to drop the forearm, the swim and uh, being able to, you know, the forward back uh, pedal stroke on the bike. Right. I mean, these are skills that we develop over time and their habits over time. Um, it's very similar are the mental skills. Right. These are the things that we can do mentally in order to help us really achieve optimal performance. And we're talking about things like emotional control. Uh, and focus and concentration and developing, you know, our capacity to focus. We're talking about things like effective um, and, and facilitative self-talk um, rather than being a bunch of a-holes to ourselves all the time. Uh, because I, I do know, especially with athletes, I mean, that, that's one of our biggest issues is that we are, are on our back a lot. And uh, we, we don't look at our strengths enough. Um, we, we know our weaknesses. We know what need, we need to work on. But do we know what we're really freaking good at? Because it's those things that really help us achieve, you know, greatness. It's, uh, you know, things like utilizing imagery tactics um, and how to use imagery and, and when to use imagery. I mean, that's that's one big piece of specifically Colin. You know, I, I sat and talked to you for quite a bit. And that's one big piece that we felt like, especially between you and I, that, that you had some opportunity in is developing a little bit more of that, you know, tangible, you know, how do I use imagery to help me perform? Um, and, and we really dived into some fun things. Uh, if you ask me, I mean, could I, could I maybe, you know, ask you what your, what your perception on imagery was and, and how you're using it now and, and what it's doing for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, what I think Nate and I talked most about is, you know, I still kind of consider, uh, the swim to be my, my weakness or, you know, the, the place where I had the most room for opportunity. Um, an improvement and you know there's a lot of times I feel like you know I still haven't broken an hour in an Ironman swim and feel like I should be able to do that and so uh, Nate had me uh, write down some things about you know especially where that that oftentimes I feel like I struggle so we kind of chose to, to talk about when um you know about three-fourths of the way through the swim um, and you know it's getting complacent and you know not being mentally there and, and aware and and um, you know, he asked me to, to write, um, a, you know, detailed, uh, description of what's kind of going on around me, my scenario of, you know, 
exactly what I'm thinking about and all the, the good things and, um, you know, what my, my problem or, or thing that uh, I think ended up being uh, where I was missing the ball was, um, you know, I was, I was writing about this perfect scenario where, you know, I'm going to be flying, going super fast, you know, I'm, I'm, in my mind there, I'm, you know, going to swim 45 minutes, never mind, under an hour, right, and, and everything feels totally comfortable and fine. And, you know, the reality is, is no, you know, it's, it's not going to be totally easy and, and relaxed and, uh, you know, probably going to get, get a couple whacks, you know, at the beginning of the swim and things like that. And, uh, being a little bit more real with it. And, um, you know, it's funny, Nate, definitely in my, my swim since then, that was only, uh, what, two weeks ago or so that we uh, talked, uh, I've been, uh, thinking about that when, uh, it gets a little hard in the pool and I'm, I'm pushing on some intervals. It's, it's motivated me for sure to, uh, to dig a little deeper and keep going. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, one of the things with you, Colin, it was so interesting because, yeah, I mean, we love to imagine perfection. We love to imagine the outcomes of things that it's like all is going to be so well when, right? And, and you know, then we get to those points in our imagination that we actually like see them in reality and they're just not the same. And it's like a, it's like a pain in the butt. It's like, man, that sucks. And it, it's totally degrading. And it's like, you know, so so being able to utilize our imagery and, and create an image where we're effectively, you know, imagining ourselves in a really crappy situation or at least a really re- real situation and, you know, de- deliberately deciding on how we're going to respond in those situations. Um, you know, that's, you know, going from a, a perfect, this is my imagery script. That's, that's exactly the way that I would have it. I would be at 45 minutes total, you know, for that swim. And it's like, no, that's crap. You're never going to, it's never going to help you rather than doing that. You know, why don't you imagine the reality of it? And then, you know, maybe how, you know, what are the things that you can do while you're writing this down in this image to help you go faster in that moment? That way, when you do get to the moment in reality, you're actually able to make decisions and, and you know really get engaged and really fill it um, the way that you did in the in the image uh, or the imagery script that you wrote, right? So, I mean, there's just so many different tactics and tools that athletes can use, and imagery is very much an advanced skill, I would say. Um, it's it's not for the faint of heart, to say the least, and it's not for the faint of experience, I should say. Right. Um, just because of the fact that if you don't have experience, you're I mean, gosh, you're not going to be able to imagine a real event. Exactly, right. You know what I mean? To that point, though, uh, you know, to so I, I wrote what I, you know, and you recommended to handwrite it out, which I think is a good move. And, you know, control. I ended up with yeah, that's control over that. worth of, of writing there. And, um, you know, talk about somebody that's, that's figured out or gone a little deeper. You were telling me about you did one for a face-off for lacrosse, right? And how long was yours? <laughs> Mine was five pages. Mine was five pages. It was a it was a two and a half second event, and it was five pages long. <laughs> exactly, which is crazy, but just shows you like how much you know. If you really want to get yourself into that zone and and be there and you know mentally prepare, you know what can go into that. And uh, you know I think that uh, there's a lot of improvement that probably almost everybody on the planet could do from that regard. You know, but certainly the people listening here, I would suspect so. Um, yeah, that was definitely a, a cool experience and, uh, uh, I think definitely a lot of value for me. So. And, and, I, and I will say really quick for anybody listening that utilizes this idea of imagery and I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying visualization and I'm not saying, um, imagination, 
I'm saying imagery and imagery, you know, it incorporates all the senses, not just, you know, the vision part of it. And it's real. It's not imaginary. Right. So if anybody has used this and they're just they've used it in the past as an experience kind of thing, if you can't control it, if you're imagining or if you're imaging yourself doing something that you want to do incorrectly or if you're crashing or if you're you're screwing up, stop imaging. Stop doing it because you're not doing yourself any like a good. But we can get ourselves caught in those, you know, those those kind of, you know, videos that we play in our head of the things that we did wrong. Um, and that is that really is debilitative for any athlete um, because you're you're really you know I'm not going to go into the science of all of it but it, it, it hurts the athlete 100 um, percent you know so so I, I will say that if if you're doing this and you can't control it stop doing it if you find yourself imagining yourself screwing up stop you know put your attention on something else take a deep breath you know really engage in the moment and, and start looking at you know all all the things around you and engage rather than you know visualizing because if you continue doing that it's going to hurt you um you know gain some control over those images and that's what we that's why we kind of did the whole writing thing is we we can control what we say in writing uh, rather rather than in in, uh, in our own mind sometimes so that's that piece sure or get the help from somebody like yourself here to uh help you know manipulate that or change that a little bit so that yeah. you can away, you know? because you can right yeah. i mean heck so I got a, a question for you here. Um, you know, so I think I'll, I'll pre uh, say here. You know, to this, this I think that uh, with my question here, a lot of this does kind of come down to training and you know not training properly. But what about those those people that you know like always just like totally crush their training sessions and they're just rock stars when it comes to training, and then just completely always have you know excuses or something always goes wrong on the race course. I mean. I'm sure there's, you know, got to be hundreds of different things that are that could be causing that. But uh, what would you say? Maybe some advice to somebody that's uh, that's had some problems with that. Do you feel like tackling that a little bit? Absolutely. So the top two reasons, in my my personal experience and my personal just working with athletes, um, number one, people who get to race day and they flop, either one, they don't know how to control their emotions and they let the energy of the race get to them. Um, they're not executing their plan. They're not, they're not making it happen based on their race. They're making it happen based on, you know, everybody around them, which is a problem. And number two is comparisons and focusing on, on beating other people or on outcomes or on hitting certain times. Uh, and they're hyper-focused on those things, you know, rather than being focused on running their race, biking their race and swimming their race. Right. Um, I have seen so many athletes fall victim to that, like, oh, I'm going to be competitive, so I'm going to focus on beating this person. Well, what happens when you get halfway into the race and that person either dropped out, so now you don't have a motivator, right? Or that person is way in front of you and you know you can't catch them, right? It's like all of a sudden you put your race into their hands, and that's that's just the worst thing, especially any competitive triathlete can do, is you start focusing on everybody else and comparing yourself to other people and making sure that you're beating somebody or you know the outcomes rather than just the process. Right. You know what I mean? And then if we go back to like the emotional control piece, those people who get to race day and all of a sudden everything kind of falls apart, 
it most likely is because I mean, heck, they just get really all that energy makes them super anxious, and they they forget to sleep the night before, and they can't focus on the right things, and they don't eat the right way because they're just too freaked out about this, that, and the other. Uh, I mean, heck, that just leads to a really rough scenario. Um, I've, I've worked with many athletes who have a hard time with all of that energy right in the in the shoot, right? They, there's so much energy in that shoot, and they don't know what to do with themselves. So they start, you know, either you know imagining themselves inside the race, and you know all the energy actually creates a negative a negative image in their mind, and then they start hyper focusing on it. Um, you know, or they, they imagine the first, you know, 15 strokes of the race and going out way too hard because they feel like they have to, and they don't control it. Right. I mean, just, there's so many different things that happen with that. And, and that's what I, I want everyone to understand and know is like mental skills training. Yeah. There's fundamental aspects of like, and skills that you can learn, but it is very individual. You know, I'm, I'm, I typically, when I'm working with an athlete, I'm asking a lot of background questions and getting a lot of understanding of where they're at and where they're coming from. Um, that way we can, you know, create a, you know, a, a, an individualized approach to that person, um, because everyone's going to have a different perception of, of what their reality is. Right. So I don't know. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? Have you faced that at all? Um, either of you, have you ever faced kind of that issue of, you know, debilitative race day experiences and being able to be a bad day in training, but not in racing? I mean, lately, I, so, I mean, I always go back to, I mean, I look back at my past performances all the time, and I go, I mean, my breakout performance was probably in Canada 2014 when I won my age group, and I'm always trying to chase that feeling that I had on that run where, like, I mean, I'm sure it was, my body was tired, and, um, I mean, I was pushing myself hard, but I mean, it felt like I was running on air. And lately when I'm, when I'm racing, I'm always trying to be like, all right, I don't feel like that anymore, like on the run. And it's just, it's kind of getting to my head. So I guess there's those comparisons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, exactly. Whether it be to another person or a past performance that you've had and you're just chasing something. Right. You know, how, how do you, how do you really think that you got there? Right. Like mentally. Well, and then I always go back. I'm, I go back on my training. I'm like, what am I doing differently now than I did in the past? Like on paper, if you, I, I mean, I know I'm training faster than I did, and I, I feel like I'm more mentally in the game and faster than ever. But then when I get to the run in, in an Ironman, I just, I just, it doesn't have, it hasn't clicked. So. Yeah, I mean, and, that's... And, it's, and it's getting so, so I'm going to throw out the, the typical phrase here here um, flow state mm-hmm. right if, if you were on that the feeling of air and that you just you just could run for days and you didn't know how you're not you're not thinking about anything you're just doing right um, there, there are a lot of things that athletes and this has been proven time and time again in athletics and training and um, they can get into that flow state faster and faster through training um, the mind game training, training mentally, right. And, and teaching themselves, okay, where, where can, what can I do physically and mentally in order to help me really, you know, get to that place again. And, and I, I will say it, you know, the, the, the one thing that is going to kill that opportunity to get into that flow state is sitting there thinking, well, what can I do? Well, what can I do? Well, what can I do <clears throat> rather than just doing yeah. Right. And, and it's it's such a such a vague idea that, that I always say these things and it's like they come out. It's like, oh, that's so easy to say. 
it's so freaking hard to do, man. I mean, do you think uh, a lot of people just comes down to them overthinking it and just not doing it? I mean, I think I, a lot of people, I mean, even myself, I mean, I look at my data and I look at, all right, this is, these are my fitness levels. These are my stress levels. Maybe that stuff just doesn't really matter. And it's, dude, that, that stuff doesn't belong on race day. Yeah. Dude, exactly. what, what, what really, what is all that for? <laughs> all, all of that's for training yeah. and making sure that we're training the most effectively we possibly can. Do any of those numbers matter on race day? No, no, what, no, not, not a damn bit. Right. And, and, but, but we've got it in our heads. It's like, okay, but my fitness numbers, oh, but my TSS scores, oh, but my outcomes should be right. Yep. Rather than be like, I'm going to go race. I'm going to go, I'm going to go put it on the floor. I'm going to go. I mean, take all of that training that I've done. Now I, I have the confidence, right? I mean, that's that's the number one developer of confidence is pure physical fitness, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go lay it down rather rather than like proving something or trying to go after something or like comparing yourself to something else that you were once or you know will be yep. kind of idea. It's being present. It's it's being in the moment and it's being like okay. I've got the body, I've got the mind, I'm going to go. And then staying there the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we can get so distracted again by other by other athletes or, you know, by uh, you know, these outcomes that we set for ourselves. I love when when athletes have a watch on, uh, especially inside the race and they're checking it every 5 seconds. <laughs> have you ever done that? When I'm in trouble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that just leads to this like negativity, like, oh, crap, I'm not meeting my my expectations. Oh, I'm not. And then it's like a big negativity storm and you never get back into that into that flow that you could be in. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, all, all this stuff that we're talking about, it, it really is something that you can learn to, to, to train yourself to be more present, yeah. to be more mindful, to be more accepting of your current situation and just run, bike or swim. Um you know, and being able to be purposeful behind what you do. Uh, and that's, and that's what mental skills training really is in the end is, is having more purpose, um, you know, throughout the race. Oh, I'm going to do this because, uh, and training yourself and training to respond that way to certain situations. Oh, there's a, a, a windy day or a hilly hill. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, swim, bike, run into the wind because I want to get better at wind swimming. You know, rather rather than oh, it's it's windy outside. I'm not. Gonna, I'm I'm either going to go one direction or I'm not going to go at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and that way you can start developing that that identity with being that person that can do you know the things that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's you know, we're, yeah. No, no, that's good. I was going to add in there. You know, talking about our watches. So I think actually for me, from an Ironman perspective, I had kind of a a breakthrough at what was that 2000. 11, I think, uh, beached a battleship, which is, or for one year, was North Carolina, um, where I actually came off the bike, and it was back when I was putting my watch on my handlebars of my bike, and I forgot to take it off. <laughs> and so for the first, like, four, three, four miles, I was, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, you know, how am I going to do this? You know, like, I don't have my splits and stuff like that. And I think I ended up uh, PRing my run there by, like, at least 25 minutes or something like that <laughs> and you know ended up having a really good race and uh um you know what's interesting too not to get too far on a tangent though i still can't and I, i'm kind of curious like 
do you feel like I'm such a, and Elliot, I think is the same way, like so kind of data driven. Do you think that we should be racing off of feel or should we be, you know, focusing on numbers? Try, try both. I I I, I mean, again, I don't know what the individual, you got to dive really deep into that and be like, okay, you know, are you, are, are you the kind of person that needs something like, like, like you said, right? You got off the bike, you got onto the run and you had that, oh shit moment. You went, oh shit, I, I don't have my splits. And then you kind of just made a decision, right? You're like, oh, F it. I'm just going to run. Yeah. Right. Rather than, you know, engaging it. So, so are you a person who needs like a chaotic circumstance to perform to your potential? Right. Do you, do you need the storm to come blowing in, uh, in the middle of the race? Because, because that's, what's going to like, like kick you into gear kind of thing and like get you really focused. Um, or, you know, and, and, and if you are that person, how do you, how do you develop that and, and purposefully do that inside of a race? you know, under, under the things that you can control. So, so, I mean, should you be, you know, racing off of feel, are you training off of feel? No, maybe, maybe try that a few times, right. And and really dive into that. And instead of, instead of just, you know, fully putting yourself in that, uh, well, let's back up. I really like it to call it. If you're going to race in a certain way, you better be training that way as well. Right. But at the same time, when it comes to triathlon, you have to get away from outcomes and numbers. And it's so integrated into triathlon, it's ridiculous. It's the same thing in swimming. Like, right. it's all about splits. It's all about making sure you're hitting that 100-meter time. Right? So so some days in the pool, on the bike, on the run, I, and I would suggest this to both of you, is deliberately pull all of the data out of it and just go. And just see what happens and then reflect back on that experience, right? And, and kind of figure out, okay, you know, what worked well for me today? What didn't work so well and what can I, how can I use this in the future, right, in my, in, my, in my race? And decide on that on race day. You know, if you don't want to do it on race day, then don't do it. If you want to do it on race day, then do it. But make sure you, if you're going to do it, have a purpose behind it. Oh, I'm taking my watch off because I know that I get too stressed out about my watch, you know, and my outcomes on the run. So I'm just going to leave it on the bike purposefully right so it's every everybody's different but you can come up with a plan and say okay you know if that what worked really well for you in the past well maybe that's an indicator of make let's let's do it again and see what happens um and and start to create that atmosphere of you know controlling that uh, that positive effective you know measure that you did right right so i got i got another question for uh uh, intelligent man like yourself to in the state of something <laughs> that uh, that Elliot just reminded me of when he referred to uh, the 2014 uh, Ironman Canada that I also happen to be doing and uh, when he was in this uh, amazingly amazingly high state of running here uh, how it, it gave him the ability to uh, avoid a high five oh my god buddy Colin as he was uh, <laughs> running by him. that's how I was in the zone man <laughs> Sorry, I could not pass up uh, the opportunity to uh, bust Elliot's chops on that. I'm never going to let him div- live that down for uh, for ditching me on the high five as we crossed uh, on lap one. So I decided not to even bother on lap two. You were so pissed at him, weren't you? You're like, I needed that high five. Oh, I'm complete shock. <laughs> he did that. I really couldn't. I was like, holy. Thanks, <laughs> 
sorry to derail it there, but like I said, I couldn't help it. So, um, good deal. And so, and you've also, you've got some like training programs that you put together, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So re- really quick, on that last topic, if anybody wants to learn more about the flow state, um, read the book Flow. Um, is it Chikset? Chikset Mihai? Mihai, Chikset Mihai. I think most of it. Um, you got to see like the surfers and stuff like that, right? I, I believe so. It's it's Mihai Chikset Mihai. It's uh, it's it's flow. It's called flow. Um, and it, and it goes through a lot of like, this is what you can tangibly do as an athlete to help get yourself into a state of flow more often. Like we can, we can literally control that. Not completely, but we can do, you know, we can do a lot of things to help us get into that state. Anyway, you can just throw that out there. Um, on, on, on the other hand, on, on like the whole idea of training. Um, yes, I, I have, and am starting to develop Um, more training plans, tangible training plans that are more like these are the fundamental skills that you need as an athlete endurance-wise, right, Um, to perform up to your potential. And and to really be able to, like like you guys said, there's not really a whole lot of um, resources out there for all this, right? Um, Everyone knows that it's a part of the game but don't really know what to do about it. So I've been been developing a a 12-week program specifically, um, you know, utilized through training peaks, that is a kind of side along project that, uh, or tr- or training plan that you can use alongside your current training plan that, uh, will give you a, a, a mental training kind of topic strategy technique, uh, every Monday throughout that entire process of, of that 12 weeks, um, to develop, you know, some fundamentals around that, uh, you know, around training your mind. Um, you know, thing, things like, you know, deliberate breathing and body checking, uh, for that body awareness piece and, um, you know, developing, you know, some strategies for race day and what you can do for your mental strategy. You know, if you want to stay focused, how are you going to stay focused and what's going to distract you? And if they do distract you, what are you going to do about it? You know, I'm really coming up with those kind of tangible training experiences that, uh, that you can use to help yourself perform. So, so it, it is formulated to be, you know, to be, you know, done alongside of another training plan in preparation for a specific race. And the last two or three training, uh, you know, weeks are, are all about preparation for those races and what you can do with your coach. Uh, you can, you know, going through transition, uh, imagery experiences, things like that. So I don't know, there, there's, there's, I, I really just want to, as a mental skills trainer, now knowing that I'm in a space that there's not a whole lot of information and there's, everyone's kind of like, what is this? Um, to really provide a tangible fundamental training experience for triathletes so they can answer that question. Oh, that's what that means. Right. Oh, now I know what I can do to really increase my confidence or I can increase my focus or, my consistency or, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, even belief in yourself and that self-efficacy will come from doing these small things with the mental skills training piece. Right. So, um, it's, it's, it's version one. I'm going to be honest with that. Right. It's, it's version one and my own personal version of that so far, but it's, it's built from my personal experience. Um, this is what I needed to, you know, as a, as a, you know, a beginner to you know, intermediate athlete, uh, in triathlon, this is what I needed to learn and develop as, you know, in the mental skills to, to do well. And, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be honest, my, my Ironman attempt, that was full survival mode, man. I'm not going to lie there, right? That was full on hundred percent survival mode. Um, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I learned so much about what survival mindset is like, holy crap. 
um, so much different than, you know, Oceanside 2016, where I, I, I raced, raced the best race of my entire life. And funny thing is, is I, I actually, my computer dropped in the middle of that, uh, that uh, event. And I ended up pulling, uh, you know, probably 20, what was it, 25 more watts on average on my bike than I would have if I, you know, followed my race plan. <laughs> Interestingly enough, right? I mean, going going with my own my own freaking um, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> suggestions, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, very cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think it's really cool that uh, you know you've got something in place there, and you know, I think that working uh, you know with somebody one on one to get specific is is really good, but uh, but at least putting a little bit of time into the visual, you know, and the mental side of things, you know, even if it's just uh, a couple minutes, you know, at least, at least a little, you know, that compared to the very minimal that uh, a lot of us, a lot of people are doing at this point. Right. So, uh, I think right. it's a huge step in the right direction. I think it's a, a great idea, even if you don't want to, uh, praise it up too, too highly yet, even if it's in version one. Uh, yeah, it's definitely getting there. <laughs> I, I, I will say though, for anybody listening to this, you know, if you want to start training your mind, um, the first thing that you can do is realize and understand that that everyone's going to find themselves in the suck. You're going to find yourself there all the freaking time. And that's okay. And, and that's the most important part right here. It, that's okay to find yourself in the suck. It's not okay to stay there though. Right? I mean, do something about it. Don't just sit there in seething misery, right? When you're, when you're on, in training or even on, in a race. Like if you find yourself in the suck, just do something to get out of it. Whether it be like hit yourself in the head with your palm, right? Um, there's there's so many different things that you can do about it. But I mean, get engaged in the in the present moment. Take a deep breath. Uh, you know, I, I always like to say the first thing that you can do is the five to one technique. If you find yourself in a you know poopy place, wherever it might be in your mind, you know. Go, go five to one, right? Five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can feel, two things that you know for certain about yourself in that moment, one deep breath, and then keep going. Right? Like because, 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 I mean, that's 20 seconds worth of focus and attention that you're putting on something that's not hurting you, right? That's, that's very survival mindset, yeah, but at least it helps you get out of the poop get out of the crap and, and move forward. Um, right. So again, if you find yourself in the, in the suck, if you find yourself in a bad place mentally, that's okay. That's fine. You know, that's, that's not a bad thing. You don't beat yourself up over the fact that you're there. Right. Um, just do something about it. And then if you find yourself out of the suck and then you drop back into it, do something about it again and then keep doing something about it until you keep finding yourself out of that place. And you're at least in a place of, of neutrality. Um, you know, or that's, that's at least it's not hurting. And then, and then keep training that because that's what mental training is all about is doing something to, to change the way you're thinking, to change the way that you're reacting to situations, uh, to be more effective. Right. And that's, that's very much for, for go ahead. Uh, you know, when things start to go a little bit south to just tell yourself how much you suck and why are you doing this? And, uh, you know, I'm a terrible athlete and, and all those kind of things like that. That's not going to help you? No. Is it? I don't know. Elliot, what do you ah, think? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I, uh, I think I was actually, uh, I'm, I'm listening to, um, to what is her name here? Uh, Johanna Zeiger's um, 
book right now. It's about the, the champion mindset, it's called. And, uh, you know, that's one thing she, she mentions there, which is a good point. It's like, you know, there's so many people that, like, you just, when it starts to hurt or it's not going right, you know, you just immediately go to that bad place and you start thinking about all these terrible things. And it's like, do you really think that's going to help bring you up and get you out of that? <laughs> Right. It's, it's I mean, so natural for us, though. Like, I, and and uh, this goes back to that whole point of it's so easy to say. It's so hard to do. Like, it's so freaking hard to do. But if you have some focus and if you have some 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 deliberate purpose behind training and you say, OK, you're, you're working with a mental skills trainer or someone like myself and they can say, OK, next time you get into that place, this is you know, what are you going to do about it? And then you can make that decision. Then next time you get into that place, they're going to do something about it. It's training. It's training. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, yeah. we actually have to do something, you know, mentally in order to help our mind. Um, you know, and but there are are things that you can do about it. Period. And I know people don't believe that there's things that you can do about anxiety, possibly, right? You can't do anything about confidence. And if you suck, you just suck. Well, that's crap. That's complete bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Right? And you, you can yeah. absolutely change your mind. And if you change your mind, you're going to change your circumstance. Um, especially within within sports, I like it. Um, I think with that, yeah, we've been going pretty good here. Um, you know, I want to mention so Nate his uh, his company is called uh, Mental Grit, G R I T Consulting. So uh, domain is mentalgritconsulting.com, and he is still offering, I believe, uh, a free consultation. Is that right, Nate? Yeah, yeah. Anybody can get in touch, and especially if you're an athlete, you know, dive in with me, uh, jump in with a, a free console, and we'll at least be able to kind of dive into what you're doing and give you some tangible things about what to do about it. You know, I like to go through and develop my uh, or a, a performance profile for every every athlete that I work with, just so they can get a little bit of a better, a better understanding for themselves of who they are and what they can use. So, what was that? With no obligation or anything. So oh, yeah. no, 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 not, no. It's it, on it, like, again, like the whole purpose of, of why I developed mental grit uh, is, is, is to get this and make it available for athletes of all ages. Doesn't matter if it's, if it's adult competitive athletes or, or young, you know, developmental competitive athletes. It's a part of athletics. So let's make it available and get it available, you know, to these people. It's used in, in the Olympics, the Olympians use it. You know, they, they, the the professionals use it. They have a sports psych on on staff. Right. <laughs> but it's like well, I don't, I don't want to get too deep here, too. But yeah. I mean, it, I think it applies to so much more than just sport. Like maybe that's what helps us learn it. But how much can it help us in our jobs and our everyday life, too? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and there there are some things that don't you know correlate. Like like in sport, let's say, right? You could you could have helpful. You can have like facilitative, helpful self-talk that is negative. You can be like, damn it, you can do harder than this. Let's go, right? And you will go. But if you say that in like your professional life or in your family life, like that doesn't really apply, right? So so there are like, bare, you know, some things that, you know, you, you want to stay positive, you know, have that positive and negative self-talk and like, you know, make sure that you're in a positive mindset. But in sports, sometimes negative can be, can be facilitative. And sometimes positive can be debilitative for the athlete, right? But so, so there are some things that, that don't apply to every part of life. But the more you train and the more you, into, you know, ingrain into it, the, the better you'll be at it. Um, and that goes for performance as a whole. So right. that's, that's what I'll say there. 
Uh, perfect. Oh, you got anything else? So, I mean, do you think, do you feel like mental training would benefit everyone? I mean, how many sessions would it take for me to I don't, change the way I think? I mean, <laughs> I, I've had that, I've had that question. Do I think it's, it's important? Do you think it's important? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's I, very I, I, important. I, I, does, does everybody need it? No, but I think everyone has their own mindset and it's, if they want to change something about their, the way they think, then it, I mean, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of effort as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so <clears throat> The way I work with athletes, some athletes I work week to week, right? And we're really developing purpose and understanding and, and, you know, what's your why and kind of figuring all of that stuff out, you know, the motivation aspects. You know, sometimes I'm working at with athletes month to month and I'm asking them, you know, over this next month, I want you to send me 10 reasons every day why you're a badass, write them down, send me a picture. And if you don't, we're, we're not working together. Because if you do this, I guarantee you're going to be a better person. You're going to be happier, you're going to be healthier, and you're going to be performing way better, period, right? It's, these are proven scientific methodologies. I'm going to say that you know, right now. Um, the, funny, the funny thing is, is when I start working with people on this, they think it's really hard. Man, I don't understand. This is hard. This is difficult. It's like, hell yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely, but you can do absolutely yeah. do some. So every every athlete I work with is different. I mean, some some of them need need it, you know, for a week. Some of them need it for some of them. I, I work with them once, and they're hunky dory and they're good to go. Right? It's like, oh, cool. We we fix the issue, or we. And actually, I, I will say something to that point. I'm not about fixing problems. I'm, I'm about optimizing potential. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not. I'm not a counselor. Um, I don't prescribe pills. I. I. I don't fix problems. I optimize opportunities and optimize potential. Um, that's how I look at my entire job. And you know, if you've got potential that you can optimize, then let's make it happen, right? Yeah. So, I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it at that. But yeah, everyone's different, and that's why that first initial free call is like what. What it's all about is like what. What would work, work best for you? Let's figure that out, and then if you want to take advantage of it, let's let's rock and roll and let's make it happen. But uh, anyway, I'm here for anybody who uh, who who wants to learn a little bit more about themselves and uh, and get better at themselves in the meantime. Well, I'll be signing up for that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm all right with that. <laughs> nice. All right, with that, um, good deal. What else we got going on? It's uh, cold as hell here still um actually it got up to i think uh around freezing today so that was uh that was nice um and uh it looks like it may warm up a little bit but uh training's going pretty well here despite having the uh almost four week old and uh, the other kids for me so things are uh, pretty good elliot how you doing um can't complain it's 75 degrees today and it doesn't even feel like winter <laughs> But, but we have to pay for it in the in the summertime. So, <laughs> well, if we were gonna keep going with this in Utah, it's about forty five degrees and sunny with no snow. Really? Uh, like, if it's gonna be cold, why don't you freaking drop some white stuff on the ground so we can go <laughs> do something with it? But no, we got snow here, but uh, <laughs> oh, you're a jerk okay. too. 
Well, we, uh, we can definitely work on the mental side of things now. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we, we actually get an advantage. You know, it's, it may be a little bit tougher to get through the winters, but we, we work on that mental toughness over the winters. Definitely, definitely an opportunity. <laughs> you know, so. Perfect. All right. Well, Nate, thanks again for joining us. Okay. And, um, we will talk to everybody else soon here. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, guys.